Well, hello, friends, and welcome to His Mighty Hand, the radio ministry and podcast ministry of the Highland Terrace Baptist Church, located in Greenville, Texas. Now, in these few moments we spend together each week, you'll hear great and stirring interviews and powerful messages from the Word of God. But the reason for it all is so you can be touched by... Pastor Chet Haney with the Highland Terrace Baptist Church with you today on the His Mighty Hand radio broadcast and podcast with our studio guest, Susan Duke. Susan, thank you so much for coming back a third time to visit with us today. You're so welcome. And you promised to share an amazing story. I've heard it before, (laughs) but I'd like to hear it myself again. I definitely want our listeners to hear about Wolfie and Larry. Okay, well, I'll try to do the shortened version. It's a little <laughs> bit right. longer. And um, I didn't know, I mean, I shared some things with you but that I didn't know I was going to share on the actual podcast because I wasn't sure which story to tell. But this is a very poignant story that has impacted my life and the life of so many. Um, I wrote a little book called Wolfie's Dream. It's a children's book, and it was based on a true story about uh, rescuing this old schnauzer, and we've always had schnauzers, but um, this one was at a kennels where we were having our other dog groomed, and they were going to put this little dog down the next day. Wow. And um, my husband was out of town, and that night we talked, and I told him about this little dog I saw named Wolfie. And I said, they're going to put him down tomorrow. If we don't find him a home, I told him I was going to try to find a home for him. Just couldn't stand it. And uh, he said, well, we're just going to go get him. <laughs> he said, when I cut, you call him and tell him, do not put him to sleep, we're going to come get him. Easy so enough. So we did. And, um, you know, he was an older dog. He had yeah. some teeth missing, and yeah. he shook a little bit and everything. Yeah. And But he was a gentle soul. And when nieces, nephews, kids would come to the house, they mm-hmm. they gravitated to Wolfie. Yeah. And um, – I tried my best to find him a home, and we finally realized he had found his home. (laughs) And so he adopted you. He adopted us, and I think our animals do find us sometimes. And so I um, started writing down the just the facts about finding Wolfie because the kids would say, "Now tell us how you found him. Where did you find him?" And one night, I um, I ended up writing. Another story. I felt prompted to get up and write from Wolfie's point of view. And so that's how the little Wolfie book came to be. Mm-hmm. Well, we didn't know it was going to be anything but a, just a little, little book. But yeah. it first was a, a little paperback. And I remember I went to speak one time in Kentucky and during uh, the lunch break, every Wolfie book was gone. Someone really? had bought all the Wolfie books. <laughs> so we ended up having it done, um, hardback with, illustrations Mm -hmm. and um god has used this little book but i'm one of those people i I tell you know crazy stories about myself crazy things seem to happen to me and um i can get in trouble sitting at home at my desk (laughs) and minding my own business and one morning my son-in-law called he works for a trucking company in um another town and he said um mother-in-law i have a problem and i said what and he said well you know i'm 
I worked here in the office and I mean, he didn't ever call me. So I thought there might be a problem or an issue with my daughter. But he said, there's a truck driver named Larry that has come in. He brought me all of his CDs and he said, I'm not going to need these where I'm going. Mm -hmm. And he said, I know what he's going to do. And he said, and I, he's the type person, if he says he'll be somewhere at 1205, Mm -hmm. it will not be 1206. Mm -hmm. He's going to do this. And I said, oh, well, I'm so sorry. I said, I'm so sorry to hear that. And I said, mm-hmm. uh, can I pray for him? He said, uh, no, you're going to talk to him. I told him you'll call him in 10 minutes. Wow. And he said, here's his number. And Put I said, you on the spot. I said, oh, you mean I'm responsible for this man's life? I can't, I can't do that. Mm. He said, I, did, I don't know why I said it. He said, it just came out. And he said, I, you've got to call him. And I said, oh, my goodness. I literally hit the carpet in prayer. And I said, God, you're going to have to direct my words. You're going to have to direct me. And I won't take the time when I did call him to tell you all of the conversation. But we talked for about 20 minutes. And I asked about the weather. I I didn't know what I was going to say to this man. So he was expecting your call. He was expecting my call. And he said, please don't quote scripture to me. Hmm. He said, I know I'm like the back of my hand. You didn't want to hear that. Right no. Then. And I said, okay, well, I won't. And I said, um, I want to ask you one question. Do you believe in God? He said, yeah. I said, do you believe that God is the giver of all life? He said, yeah. And I said, do you like to give gifts? He said, yes, ma'am. And I said, you know, I can tell you're a good guy. If somebody would listen to you for five minutes, they can tell that you've got a heart as big as Texas. And he said, ma'am, nobody's ever given me that five minutes. And that just struck me. That was so sad. This is still on the phone. <clears throat> still on the phone. And I said, um, do you believe that if God gave you a gift and you just kind of tore it up in front of him, do you think that would make God sad? He said, yeah. I said, okay. You know, I don't know you. You don't know me. But I feel like I've gotten to know you a little bit on this conversation. And I'm going to ask you for a favor. You can no longer say that nobody's given you five minutes. And I said, because we've been on the phone for a while. And I said, I'm going to ask you to give me and my husband a week and God to be your friend. Just to be your friend. Hmm. Can you do that? I said, we're just going to call you every day. Hmm. He said, I won't answer my phone. Hmm. I said, that's okay. We'll leave a message. And I said, and after that one week, you do what you want to do. It's your life. It's your gift. You can do what you want to with the gift. And he agreed. And that was a little bit of a miracle. And so every day we would call and leave a message, maybe about the weather. It may be a quote we heard. It may be something we heard on the news. Just a conversation like you would have with a friend. But you didn't forget to call him. No. We called every day, twice a day. Faithfully. Faithfully. For that week. And at the end of the week, I got a phone call, and he called and said, This is Larry. <laughs> Just I like said, that. I said, Well, hey, Larry. I said, It's good to hear from you. Of course, I thought, this is the last day of the week. I don't know what's going to happen here. Yeah. And he said, why didn't you tell me you were a writer? 
when we were on the phone. And I said, well, I didn't know it was relevant. He said, well, yeah, it is. He said, I talked to your son-in-law, and he told me about a book called Earth Angels. Tell me about that book. And then he told me about a book called Wolfie's Dream. Tell me about that book. Really? So I told him about both the books, and I realized as I was telling him a little bit of the Wolfie book, it paralleled his life Hmm. in so many ways. He said he had never known love. He had never had love in his life. Hmm. And this was kind of Wolfie's story. And so the 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 rusty dog waiting to die. Yes, waiting to die. And I realized as I was telling him that the parallel of Mm -hmm. here, here he was. And he said, how can I get a hold of those books? And I said, well, I can send them to you. Mm -hmm. I can mail them to you. I can send them to, you know, the office Mm -hmm. and, uh, whatever. He said, I have a better idea. I'm coming to Dallas and I'm coming through Greenville on the way back. I'll have a rental car because I'm, Dropping off my truck uh, to be fixed. And can I meet you and your husband at Cracker Barrel there? And I said, sure. Wow. So when we met him, I handed him the books. First, we went up to shake his hand. And he said, I don't think that's going to work. <laughs> and he stood up. He was outside on the porch in one of the rocking chairs. And he said, y'all are why I'm still here. By now, you know God is working. Oh, he's working. Yeah. And we hugged him, and he hugged us. And while we ate, he read the Wolfie book. <laughs> really? It's about a 20-minute read, and he read it. And when we got finished uh, eating, uh, my husband said, why don't you just follow us home, and we'll continue our visit. So he did. And when we got there, he said, I'm not going in your house. I'm a chain smoker, you know. (laughs) I mean, we don't know what we're dealing with. There's so many Larrys out there that need love, you know. And so we sat out on the deck. It was a nice night, and we listened to his story, and it was a horrendous story of Mm. abuse, being in orphanages for seven years, and um, just never feeling like he knew love. And he said, you talked to me that day on the phone about purpose, And I've never felt like I had any purpose. Mm -hmm. And he said, this book, Wolfie's Dream, is about hope, faith, and love and believing in your dream. And he said, it it occurred to me driving here tonight, I can give hope through the Wolfie book. And he said, I want to buy a lot of books. And he did. And I said, are you sure? And he said, yes, but I want you to take them to the places I'm going to give you a list of the orphanages I'd like for them to go to. My goodness. One of them was uh, Sundown Ranch in Canton, Texas. I took books, and I went, and I didn't know about the place. And it was a rehab place for kids from 12 up to about the age of 21 that have um, alcohol or chemical abuse. And um, when I saw them file in and sit in their chairs, some were shaking, some had their heads down, would not look you in the eye, just a blank stare in their eyes, no life there. And I said, God, I don't know what to say to these kids. I can't tell them a, a cute little testimony or, no, or about Wolfie. What am I going to say? And I heard in my spirit, just tell them the truth. Be and real. I said, I don't know you. And before today, I didn't know this place existed. I didn't know you existed. Mm-hmm. I don't know why you're here. Only you know that. Only you and God know why you're here and what led you here. 
and what your hope is while you're here. (laughs) And I said, so I cannot tell you that I'm here today because I cared about you. But there's an old truck driver named Larry that does care because he's been here. He has sat in the same chair that you've sat in. He cares about the kids that he doesn't know because he knows what they're going through. And what they need. Yeah. And I said, he sent me here to give you a little book called Wolfie's Dream about hope. Hmm. And I said, so I simply want you to come up. And I'm going to sign your book for you, put your name in it. Mm-hmm. And it's because an old truck driver named Larry cares about you and cares what happens to you. They came up, and all of a sudden their eyes were filled with tears. They hugged me, and every single one of them said, Tell Larry, thank you. Mm-hmm. I couldn't wait to get home and call Larry and tell him mm-hmm. about his new purpose. And he began to... um take books with him in his truck. And I said, well, God, if you're going to market Wolfie through the truck stops of America, so be it. And occasionally he'd have me send one to Argentina or somewhere else, somebody that he had met. And so the Wolfie books were going everywhere. And he got him a dog to travel with him because of Wolfie. And I guess I can say this on a Christian podcast. He (laughs) named him Monkey Butt. Uh, and uh he loved that dog funny and so you know we don't know what god is going to use in our lives um i've done some little writing workshops with the christian school before and i usually have them tell a story maybe about one of their pets because Uh we don't know god will use anything in our lives if we give it to him you start talking about people's pets and they pay attention (laughs) oh yeah because that's serious stuff Yeah, they're part of our little family. They are. Well, thank you so much for uh, what a vivid illustration of how the mighty hand of God can bring lives together who relate to each other even though they don't know each other, whether it's a dog and a truck driver or a truck driver and some (laughs) orphans in Canton, Texas. uh, It's funny how God can uh, close the circle and bring us together because of the power of his ability to orchestrate our circumstances according to his grace. And that's really what the mighty hand of God does. That's what his mighty hand as the broadcast ministry is for. And uh, I want to ask you, I'll put you on the spot, if we can on our website feature some of your books for our listeners. Sure. All right. We'll we'll work out the details on that. And uh, I also would uh, like for you to share how um, they can learn more about your ministry okay. as well. I'm sure you have a website. Mm-hmm. I do. It's kind of under construction right now. I'm revamping yeah. it, redoing uh-huh. it because okay. it was <laughs> needing upgrading. Okay. Well, for now, we'll have our listeners go to hismightyhand.org, okay. and uh, we'll do a feature on you and your writing ministry. Would that be all right? That would be great. Thank you so much. We'll we'll work on getting that done. And in the meantime, Susan, keep doing what you're doing. God is using you in a powerful way through the touch of his mighty hand on your life. His hand is on you. Thank you. I can see that as clear as day. And uh, these stories are just a testimony 
of that fact and that truth. And to you, our listeners, we pray that the mighty hand of God will touch you as well through the power of the gospel, through forgiveness in Christ, an opportunity to have new life in him through salvation. Uh, that's what this ministry is about, and we want to help you with that. Once again, we hope you'll visit our website, hismightyhand.org, and just want to pray for you right now. Lord, bless our listeners today, wherever they may be, whatever they may be dealing with. I ask you, Lord, to orchestrate their circumstances with favor and love and grace and compassion and mercy and attention. So um, amazing, Lord, to find that the God of the universe is paying attention to my stuff and that you're working in my life. That is a powerful thing. and We're not worthy of that, Lord, but we're grateful for it because it's the touch of a mighty, mighty hand. And we can't explain these things away, Father. We don't want to. We relish the uh, the blessing and the touch of the power of God upon a person's life. And we pray that for our listeners today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Susan. Thank you so much. Pastor Chet Haney with the Highland Terrace Baptist Church and His Mighty Hand. And now with today's message, here's Pastor Chet. He took the scroll out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne. This is the mighty hand of God the Father. If this seems like a dramatic moment, it is. This is the greatest event in our future. This is the highest drama of the book of Revelation. The most significant thing that God ever gave us was our freedom. And in this scroll... All the answers to all the prayers of all the saints are contained. All the hope of all men. Sin is judged. Satan and his satanic demons are cast down. Man is set free. Christ is glorified. And as we come to Jesus, who is the only one found who could open the scroll, Jesus On this Memorial Day, we remember him with cup in hand. And the reason we do this today is for this reason. Freedom is not free. It isn't. And we remember this today. Verses 9 and 10 express it in the song that was sung Jesus, the new song, you are worthy to take the scroll. You are worthy to open its seals. For you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood. Um, Cleve McClary was a soldier in Vietnam who had 12 men in his squad. And under heavy fire, grenades, four of his men were killed. Cleve McClary lost his eye and his right arm, was airlifted out by a helicopter, recovered in an army hospital for many months until he was taken back home and 
He became a Christian. Now he tells his story everywhere of the, the grace and the power of God. And his buddies in his platoon, before he left Vietnam, gave him a plaque. And on the plaque, this is the words they wrote. In this world of give and take, there are very few who give what it takes. Uh, This morning, we're going to remember a Savior who gives what it takes for us to have freedom in him. And so by this bread, as you open your cup on the bread side, uh, we remember today the broken body of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom they sang, you were slain. We remember that freedom is not free, and he is worthy. By this cup, as we open it, we remember this morning, freedom is not free. And we open this cup for God today. Because this experience and this moment and this service is for him. This remembrance and this worship is for him. He is worthy, but like Memorial Day, the Lord's Supper imposes a question upon us. Is this the church that Christ died for? Am I the disciple Jesus died for? My devotion, my discipline, my discipleship? Listen, he is worthy of our full devotion. And we remember that as we take this cup. In Le Croix de Bois, Richard Bernard only used veterans as his actors. No professional actors were chosen to reenact the the battles. Only veterans who knew exactly how to march and exactly how a grenade was supposed to be thrown. And because of this, there was a staggering realism in the movie in 1932. To those who saw it, they'd never seen anything quite like it. And uh, as they were making the movie... Uh, there, there were gripping battle scenes in France where many of the folks in the towns would gather around to watch and, and it all looked too familiar. In fact, there was one man watching who burst into tears because it just reminded him of what he had seen before because he was there before. And you know what the veterans said who were in the movie? They said, we don't have to act to be in this movie. We're not acting, we're remembering. 
And uh, toward the end of the film, there were two parades. There was one victory parade where the people were throwing flowers and singing the praises of the survivors. And then the other parade was the wooden crosses making their way up a hill toward the sky. And it was said by the reviewers of the movie that the victory parades almost seemed hypocritical by comparison because of all the acclaim that was given to those who barely survived the battle. When really... The credit belonged to the ones for whom the wooden crosses were carried. Uh, We make no such misnomer today. Those of us who are the barely survivors, uh, citizens of our country and citizens of heaven, we remember today that freedom is not free. The freedom of the press is not given to us by the anchor man, but by the soldier who fell on Omaha Beach. The freedom of religion is not given to us today by some preacher, but by the sailor who's entombed in the USS Arizona. The freedom of assembly is not created by a community organizer, but by the pilot who went down in a Mustang. Freedom is not free. And freedom from the dominion of sin has not been given to us by some theologian. It's been given to us by the lamb who was slain before the foundation of the world. It became him by whom are all things and for whom are all things in bringing many sons to glory to make the captain of our salvation perfect through suffering. I want to ask you to bow your head this morning and Look up at New York Harbor and see if you can see the Statue of Liberty. In your mind's eye, the symbol of our freedom, a statue can't make us free. It's a symbol. It's a meaningful symbol. It means much to many. But Jesus stands so much higher way above any earthly kingdom or idol or statue. The King of kings and the Lord of lords. And you, with your freedom, get to decide the answer to this question. Is he worthy? Is he worthy of your love and devotion? Is he worthy of your full acceptance? Will you accept him today? 
Will you make him your Savior and surrender to him as the Lord of your life and follow him? Will you? Lord Jesus, bless, we pray, this moment of invitation that we might remember those of us who are inside this church, the many who are not yet. May we remember our responsibility to reach them, to reach out to them, to take them by the hand and show them the way to the Savior. And Lord Jesus, let this be a moment right here where we all open our hearts to you as we hear you knocking, where we invite you to come in and take control and be Lord of our lives, not partly, not somewhat, not almost fully. But Lord, you are worthy of our total surrender, our total love and commitment, our total dedication, devotion, and discipline. And we gladly give it to you today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening today to His Mighty Hand, the radio ministry of the Highland Terrace Baptist Church located on Joe Ramsey Boulevard, right here in Greenville, Texas. Join us each week at this time as we celebrate His work in our lives through 